Come on, let's bless the Lord for raising from the dead. Amen? I mean, that gets me every time. How many just feel it in your heart what Christ did for you and I? And you might ask the question, why? Many people today ask the question, why did Jesus have to die? Why? If he was God, couldn't he just do it some other way? Couldn't he have just saved the world by just beating up the devil or just creating a new heart in every one of us, just take away all the evil? Even to this day, people still ask the question, why? Why did a good person have to die? Why not punish a criminal? Why not crucify the devil? Why did Jesus have to die? I want to explain this to you just over the next few moments very simply. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody say all. You see, the Bible says we have all sinned. Since the time of Adam and Eve, we have each disobeyed God. Each one of us has committed sins. So the problem isn't with the devil, and the problem isn't just with one person. The problem is with the whole world. Past, present, and future, it's with everybody. So you think to yourself, when you make a mistake, you go back and say you're sorry. Well, how do all of those mistakes get paid for? You see... When I have a debt to my credit card, I can go to the credit card agency, Visa, and I can say, hey, guys, I'm sorry for spending $10,000. And how many know they could say, we accept your apology, but that doesn't mean the debt is paid. Hello, somebody, are you with me? Somebody has got to pay that debt. Well, what debt needed to be paid? The debt of punishment and justice upon every single sinner. Now, you might be questioning this statement right now, and you might say, Pastor, I might have sinned, but I'm not as bad as others. Let me tell you something. There aren't bad sins and good sins in God's eyes. If you go back to Adam and Eve, the first sin they committed wasn't molesting a child, wasn't rape, wasn't murder, wasn't any of those hideous things. The first sin Adam and Eve committed that brought sin to this whole world was disobeying God and eating from another tree. So don't use your standard to justify your sin and say, my sin is not that bad. God kicked them out the garden for eating a tree he told them not to. My friends, all sin is sin. Let me give you an example of what sin is. If you tell a lie, that's a sin. If you take something that doesn't belong to you, that's a sin. If you put things before God, that's a sin. If you lust in your heart after the opposite sex and desire to have sex with them before marriage, that is a sin. If you disobey your parents, that is a sin. If you covet what somebody else has and you're jealous, that is a sin. My friends, those are called the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Now do you understand you and I all had a debt to pay, didn't we? All of us deserve a punishment because now when you look at the world and the world has sin, who's going to pay for it? You say you're sorry to God, but God must punish that sin. You might say, Pastor, I don't know if I'm buying it yet. Why couldn't God, he's God, just forgive us? My friend, if a murderer was on trial today, and he said, yes, I did murder. And he says, I was wrong for it, and I regret it. I'm sorry. 
Would it be right for that judge to then say to him, well, since you're sorry, you can just go free now? No, if a judge did that, we would say that's an unjust judge. We would say that's a terrible judge. Somebody has to pay for the loss of a life. Why is there the sense of justice in every one of us? Because God is just. Somebody has to pay. And the Bible says that one day we will stand before his throne and he will judge us. He will. And the Bible says if there's any sin in your heart or in my heart, we are condemned to hell forever. My friends, where will you be on judgment day without Christ? Your sin, one of them, will condemn you. Without Christ, you have no good works. The murderer could say back to the judge, but I've obeyed my parents all these years and I pay my taxes. No, it doesn't matter. This debt still must be paid. The Bible goes on to say in the last book, Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Do you notice how the Bible puts liars with the vile? Do you notice how the Bible puts sexually immoral with those who practice magical arts? That means if you have sex outside of marriage, you are going to the same place that those who worship demon spirits and practice witchcraft. And those who tell lies will be in the same place with the vile, the children molesters, those that do the most vilest of things. You'll be there with them. And those who say, well, I haven't made a decision, then you're a coward and you'll be with them because the cowardly are there. And then those who say, well, I just don't believe it, Pastor. You'll be with the unbelieving. Heaven and hell today is at stake for your soul. And Jesus' death on the cross wasn't just so we could have a good day today and go to our family's houses and have dinners and lunches and dress up. No, it was to take your punishment. Jesus took my punishment. All that I did, all that I did that deserved punishment, he took it. So that I could flip it around and say, I'm changed, I'm saved. And that's why I wanted other people up here, because I didn't want some of you to say, well, I, well, I didn't do drugs like Joe. No, you found something up here you know you've done. And all of us had to have Jesus change our lives. You see, today, my friends, the question is, without Jesus, you are something that is evil without God. You are a sinner, a liar, a coward. Well, who's going to change your heart? Only Jesus Look at John 3.16, one of my favorite scriptures of the whole Bible. Maybe now you'll see it in a new light. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Why did Jesus do it? So that He could turn your life around. See, do you want your life to be turned around, my friends? Do you want your life to be turned around? That's called being born again. It's when you're something that you were born with. Maybe you did it later on in life, but then God changes you and gives you a new life. I'm not a drug dealer anymore. I'm not a rebellious teenager anymore. God has changed me. Have you been born again? That's why Jesus came. John chapter 3, verse 3 says it like this. Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Everybody say born again. Thank you. That is the only answer. Jesus died so you could have a new life. 
so he could flip your life over. Flip it over. Now it starts. Yes, I was born January 19th, 1977. And yes, I lived as a sinner and did what my heart desired for 18 years. But on November 5th, 1995, I gave my heart to Jesus. I am a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. That is what you saw demonstrated from the different families, from the young adults, that new things have come into their life. Because Jesus said, unless you have been born again, you can't enter in. Because when we stand before judgment without Christ, when you stand here without Christ, you cannot enter in. Your sins will be held against you. So why did Jesus do it? Because I owed a debt I couldn't pay. And he paid a debt that wasn't his. He paid a debt that wasn't his. Because I owed a debt I couldn't pay. My friends, today the question isn't, are you a good person? The question isn't, do you take care of your family? The question isn't, do you want to go to heaven? Of course you want to go to heaven. You're no fool. Of course you do. The question is, do you even believe in God? The demons even believe in God, the Bible says. The question is, have you been born again? And if you haven't been born again, are you willing to follow what Peter the Apostle said? Look what he said. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You might say, Pastor, I was baptized as a child. Well, I don't know about you, friends, but I've never seen a seven-week-old baby repent. I don't know about you, but I've never seen a toddler repent. That's why the Bible says baptism is reserved for people who know how to repent and confess their sins. You have to repent for those things you've done wrong. That's how my life was changed. That's how those up here, their lives were changed, because they admitted, I'm guilty. No big or little sins. God, I'm guilty. And I accept your cross. I accept it. Would you stand with me, please? Now it's your turn. Lilani, would you come? Elders, would you come in the front, please? Thank you for being our guest. Now here is the fulfillment of today's invitation. You were invited to come today to the greatest Easter service of your life. You know what makes it the greatest Easter service? It's not our presentation. It's not our skit. I'm sure there's people doing plays all over the place with angels coming down from the rafters and just all types of pyrotechnics when Jesus raises from the dead. Listen to me. That's not why it becomes the greatest service because you're not there today. Let me tell you why this is the greatest Easter service of your life. Because right now you can accept Jesus into your heart. You can have a personal relationship with Jesus. You can. You can accept him into your life. And you can say, he's flipped my world upside down. He's changed me. I was this, but now I'm a child of God. Why has it become your greatest Easter service? Is because today's the day you come to Jesus. Why is it the greatest Easter service of the Christian's life who's already done that? Because we watch you come to Jesus. Your family member invited you here. Parent, a child invited you here. 
so that their greatest Easter service could be mom and dad getting saved. Brother or sister, they invited you here so that they could say the greatest Easter service was with my sister, my brother, my cousin got saved. You've been invited here because someone in your community loved you enough to hand you a flyer to invite you here so they could be the greatest Easter service of their life to say, my neighbor, my coworker, my best friend got saved. They accepted Jesus. I'm going to pray for you today. And we're going to take communion. But before we do, I'm just going to ask that everybody would just bow their head and close their eyes. We're going to pray now for those today that need to make that decision. I don't want you to worry about being embarrassed. I don't want you to care about who's looking at you. In the next few moments after I finish praying, we're going to ask you to come forward to repent of your sins, to accept Christ so that today you will have a relationship with Jesus. And I know that some of you that's going to be hard because you know you're religious, you go to church, and you don't want anybody to think you're a bad person. But listen to me, friends. Unless you're born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Jesus went to a cross for you. Was he ashamed of you? Each one of us have dark little secrets, things that we wouldn't want anybody to know. But Jesus knew it. Jesus knew the things you and I have done. He said, I'll take their punishment. Today, I'm going to pray for those that are either backslidden. And what I mean by backslidden is you used to know God. You used to have a relationship with him, but you have it for a while. I'm going to pray that when I give you the invitation to come forward, you come forward and rededicate your life to God. I'm also going to be praying today for those that would be honest and say, man, you know, I used to go to church or I've, you know, I've read my Bible, but honestly, honestly, I've never known the Lord personally. I've never personally had him in my life and I'm not born again. I don't even know what that meant before I got here. I'm praying for you today to come forward. I'm praying now, Father, I thank you for every person in this room. God, we invited everyone we could. And Lord, who you wanted is here right now. God, they heard the message of the cross. Lord, they even saw it acted out in front of them. They've seen the testimonies of other lives. People were not ashamed. They showed who they used to be. And Lord, now it's their turn. God, I pray in Jesus' name that they come. Not because they have to. Not because they're afraid of hell. But because they want to. They want to thank you for taking their punishment. They want to thank you for dying on the cross for them. And they want to receive you into their life. With every head bowed and eyes closed, just right now across this room, just raise your hand right now if you're one of those that says, Pastor, I need them in my life right now. Come on, hands going up. Come on, just right now. Others, come on. Come on, I see you. Do not be ashamed. We prayed for you. Anybody else? Come on, anybody else? We're going to give you a few moments. I'm giving you time to work up your courage. Come on, anybody else? Amen. Raise, just raise it up right now. It's the first step. It's just you say, God, I need you. I'm going to pray now that those who raised their hands and those who didn't, that when I say come, and Lilani begins to sing, 
that you just come from your seat. If you got to bring a family member with you, it, it don't matter. You're coming, you're coming, you're coming. Right now, Jesus, I pray for courage right now. God, I pray for courage for them to come to this front of the altar, God, and to say, I need you, I need you, I need you. God, I pray right now against every lie in their heart, every satanic lie that would tell them this is fake, you'll be fine, just go with the service, you'll be home in no time. God, I rebuke those lies. God, you brought them here to save them. You brought them here because you love them. You brought them here, God, to save their whole family. Woo! Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I pray they come without hesitation and that lives are forever changed. And today becomes the greatest Easter service of their life. Amen. If you raise your hand, would you come forward right now and accept Jesus? Congregation, would you clap as they begin to come? Come on, you know you raised your hand. Come on. Come on, in the back. Come on, brother. Don't be ashamed. I saw you raise your hand. Come on. Come on. Come on, brother. I saw that you raised your hand. We're going to call on you just one time, helping you out. Come on. Come on, clap as they come. Look at your neighbor and say, if you need a hand, I'll grab it right now and take you up here. Now, this is what I want to do. I want to give you a chance to come if you need prayer in your body for anything today. If you are sick in your body and you need prayer, we want you to come and get healing. If you are going through a troubled time in your life, you need to come. We're going to spend these next few moments praying. As we do, ask your neighbor if you need to come for anything for prayer. I'll bring you forward. Ask your neighbor now as we begin to pray. Jesus, come on. We're going to pray for you for the next 60 seconds right now. Some of you raised your hands. You didn't come. Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you loose the hands of the devil off of some that knew they were supposed to come, God. God, we know there's more. God, I'm not a pastor that's looking, God, just to fill a building. Jesus, we want to see souls saved. God, I pray that those who raise their hand, they know it. They'll do it before they leave out of here. God, I pray for those that have need today, Lord. They find a Savior and the Lord and a healer and a deliverer. Thank you, Lord. Come on, praying 30 more seconds for some of you who raised your hands. Just come. Don't worry about what anybody says. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you for those who have come, Father. But I'm praying, God, for those that need to come. Don't let them leave out here the same, Jesus.